we would send them an, an email just kind of saying, hey, this is kind of our situation. Like, would you have basically kind of the resources to kind of help us and our family because we really want to get involved with your church? And they kind of turned around and said, like, I'm sorry, we can't accommodate you. So we didn't even make, I mean, we saw a sermon online, but we couldn't even make it in the front door on a handful of the churches that we came into contact with, unfortunately. Hey, Pantry fam. Are you looking for more faith-based podcasts, but you don't know where to go? The Access More Podcast Network has over 40 shows on topics like faith, culture, family, and entertainment, and offers a safe space to discover inspiring conversations. So if you're a fan of this show, you're going to find encouragement, hope, and joy from other podcasts on Access More. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Hey, I'm Shay. And I'm Michelle. And this is the Pantry Podcast, a show for those who want to be challenged, sifted, and changed by Jesus, not junk food. Learn to contextualize God's word in your life and discern the simplicity of the gospel amidst the complexity of his saints. This is season 11, Breaks and Builds. We're looking at what God has called his church to be and how well we're hitting or missing these marks today. So welcome, sit down and join us and friends from over 90 countries in the pantry. Now let's dig into the meal. Hey, what's up? Hello. Oh my gosh, I'm super excited. Are you? Yeah. Are you for real? Oh, for real. Like, for <laughs> Could it real. be because we actually know these guests? Yes. Yes. That's always oh, nice. That's always goodness. cool. It's like it's actually cool to actually sit down and see them again for after so long. Yes. You know, you get the text, you get all the all the emails or whatever that goes on the communication, mm-hmm. and not by me, but by you. And, but you hear all the stories and everything that's going on, and it's just really cool to be able to come in and sit down with people that you know, people that you know you can chop it up with, that you can be comfortable with. Um, we are in the season of breaks and builds, and tonight we're gonna we're gonna enter into a, an area that isn't very t- talked about. Right. I think I think that sometimes it's actually put to the side a little bit because I think maybe there could be some uncomfortability there's that word again I know. <laughs> my Shea favorite loves word his, his favorite word by the way it's in the dictionary even I don't care if you don't agree with it it's in the dictionary go look it up but anyways <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those conversations in those topics that but it is it is something in the church that needs to be addressed worked on improved yeah. or, or maybe shined on yeah. for because there's churches that are getting it right and there's churches that are getting it wrong and when I was thinking of this episode Philippians 1 or 2 1 through 4 came right into my mind Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like minded, same love, being of one accord of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look not only for his own interests, but also for the interest of others. And that is where we're going to land in this episode. Yeah, you know, I think when we think about serving the saints and meeting the needs of the saints, we might think of very practical things that we can do, you know, um, pray for one another, you know, maybe financially help somebody out in, in a tight pinch. But these are the kinds of topics where going above and beyond, you might not have encountered it yet, but it's something that we're still called to. And so we brought on two of our friends that actually know a lot about this in their own day-to-day life. They actually just relocated um, and you're going to get to meet them and all that. But the story of once they relocated really put them on the map for us as far as being a perfect fit for this season, because this is something that you might not have considered, but it's something you should definitely prepare yourself for. So Matt and Leah McCabe are the hosts of the Embracing Autism podcast, and they have two amazing little girls that our little girl got ha- got to play with a couple of times when they lived in Maryland, but now they m- live in Georgia. And so we want to welcome them on. Hey, guys. Hey, welcome. 
Thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah, it's great to <laughs> see you guys. Thanks for being again. on. Yeah, yeah. And also shout out because I know that you guys don't really do video and you both agreed for us. <laughs> so shout out for being awesome and meeting the needs of these saints. Well, so, some of us yeah. aren't as gorgeous as others. So Well, I think that we you're talking about people that aren't even present, okay? Because uh, I think we all fit the bill, but... <laughs> Oh, that's, awesome. <laughs> that's that's edifying a building right there. <laughs> but yeah, so I think the best way to start is maybe for Leah to share why we brought you on because you know why we brought you on and why you're a perfect fit. So can you kind of tell a little bit about the story when you first moved down there? What was the situation and why were you initially reaching out to me when you when you moved? Yeah, so I am um, an autistic advocate. And so like special needs is really close to my heart because I have two little girls that are both autistic. And one of the things that I ran into when I came into my move down here was struggling to find a church for them that could meet those needs. Um, Autism comes with a lot of baggage, I guess you would say. There's a lot of different risks associated with it. Um, So there's a lot of things that could pose a real danger, like your child running away into traffic. And then there's other things like just socialization skills and things like that. So that was something that was difficult coming down here was trying to replace that church home that I had back in Maryland and trying to find a new home. Right. And can you guys let us know, like, what was the church home you were leaving like? Like, what made it such a good fit while you were still up here? I guess I could take this one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it had been a church that we had um, gone through for years. I mean, we we had started, um, I mean, Leah had gone longer than I had, but we had gone there when we were dating, when we had gotten engaged. The pastor had actually married us. Um, I mean, we had every connection to this church. Both of our children were, like, welcomed into the church as new babies. I mean, so we felt very much at home and comfortable we'd recognize most of the people and we'd see them just kind of in passing in everyday life. So we felt like a nice, safe place that we could basically be ourselves with our family. And I mean, we had young girls, so they would be able to go through the nursery. So Mm -hmm. when we decided to relocate, we thought, of course, that we thought this was the best decision for our family. And we never really considered like, oh, okay, like how hard will it be to basically find a church to kind of replace our old one? And then we didn't realize basically what we had built with the other church. And then you're starting over from scratch to try and find something else that meets that void in your life. So that was, I mean, a big, a bigger struggle than we thought we would have to find in relocating. Yeah. I think that sometimes too, like we're, we're going from an establishment. So, you know, you guys are engaged then you get married, then you have kids. It's like this progression, like a slow progression into what, what is necessary, what's needed, mm-hmm. you know, to, to be able to function within the, the body, the four walls of a church. Uh, you know, yeah. Okay. We're the body of Christ. We're all members, but it's nice to come together and be with the body of Christ together. Uh, when, when you move down there, what were you recognizing when you were walking into these churches? I mean, I, I get it. You know, you have special needs. Um, obviously, probably some of them didn't have programs for that or didn't understand the programs for that. Or maybe they had the programs for that. What was it like when you walked into into the first couple of churches or the churches? Did they have it? Did they not have it? What could they improve? 
Honestly, what we did initially was scope them out virtually. The one good thing that came from COVID is now you have really easy digital access to sermons like <laughs> around the world. Right. So we actually, because we thought it'd be easier for our girls, we we first scoped out the sermon to make sure that it was a church that we felt aligned with. Mm. Um, and so after we did that, um, we would reach out to the church. So I would look up on social media, or email information, and I'd try to contact the church and ask them the important questions of like, you know, do you have certain accommodations? Do you have anybody there who's trained to be able to support these needs? Would it be okay? How would you handle a situation? Like if my child were to have an autistic meltdown, things like that. And so when I was reaching out for that information, um, I just kept getting back the message of we're not currently equipped to support these needs. We don't really have the tools at the moment to be able to do that. So that resulted in us kind of like hopping from church to church, just trying to see if we could find somebody who could. And it actually goes even further than that. So, I mean, your question was, um, as far as us hopping uh, from church to church, there were churches we saw the online sermon. We're like, oh, this is a great fit. They kind of are in line with where we're at. But we didn't even make it through the front door. We would send them an, an email just kind of saying, hey, this is kind of our situation. Like, would you have basically kind of the resources to kind of help us and our family because we really want to get involved with your church? And they kind of turned around and said, like, I'm sorry, we can't accommodate you. So we didn't even make, I mean, we saw a sermon online, but we couldn't even make it in the front door on a handful of the churches that we came into contact with, unfortunately. Yeah. And I also mm -hmm. remember when you reached out, you were talking about, you know, some of the theology was even, you know, talking about illness and sickness in such a way um, that it's, it's considered like demonic possession to even have autism, let alone just be sick with a cold or something. Um, and there were there were, you know, so it wasn't just the ones who are like, sorry, we don't have this. But there were other ones who the content of their sermons and the content of their theology was kind of, you know, pushing your family, isolating it. Yeah. 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 There was a church that was right near to where we live and we would see it all the time passing our home and we're like man that would be so convenient because it's like five minutes from our house so we looked into that one and when i was communicating with them and then getting information and you know you go on the website and they show you what they believe in and stuff they basically had in there that things like disabilities and stuff like that were seen as kind of like the consequence to sin essentially mm -hmm. so like if i had an autistic child it was because either i sinned or my child sinned or something like that right which to me you know it's a neurodevelopmental disorder it means you're born with it in your dna so yeah. it's like virtually impossible right um so that was one of the things that i kind of struggled with with that church luckily it was just it was just the one okay that was um that way the rest of them was mostly primarily an issue of not being equipped to meet those needs. Yeah. So then on, on some of those, because I mean, this is your advocate. I mean, like I know because, you know, I, I've heard about the programs that you're putting together, how you go in front of school boards, how you go in front of like, I mean, you're out there. I love it. I love that you're advocating for the children. You're advocating for for the special special needs. OK, say that. Is that is that a good one? Is, is that yeah. is that a safe word? Because you know, I want to make sure it's a safe word. That's how we use it. OK, OK, OK. okay. But special needs, you know, for, for special needs children. So. When you got these emails, because because let's just be real, um, I feel like and you know being com coming from headship and leadership position, of course we're fortunate enough to have a church that has uh, a pastor's wife who has a special needs child, and so like anyone who walks through the front door, she's like. I've got it. I'll handle it. We got this. And we'll figure it out. We'll figure out what needs to happen. Did you ever chime back to them 
and say, hey, look, let, can, can we look at your programs? Can we kind of like break this down and, and, and figure out how you could be equipped for that in the future? Um, I actually did. Um, and so I am very much involved in that. I've even looked into certain special needs ministry programs that are specifically for churches. And I have offered that to some churches. Um, so what I've gotten back is a mixed bag. The, the church we ultimately landed in has been receptive to that. Um, but sometimes what we hear uh, in response as well is that there aren't enough kids out there that they feel like um, is worth the investment essentially at that time because mm -hmm. it would be like a lot of training or finances or whatever it may be to accommodate like one or two kids. Um, but my argument with that has always been that I I feel personally the reason is because those programs are in place. So if you did put those programs in place and you advertise them on your website, social media, you would naturally attract those families that are currently displaced, essentially. They're mm. kind of like uh, religious refugees, if you would say. Right. And that, that kind of takes me back to Philippians, Philippians mm -hmm. 2, 2, 4, where it says, let each of you look out not only for his own interest but also for the interests of others. And see, all throughout the Bible, you see this. You see this. Jesus, okay, you walk up, his disciples are like, eh, the kids, eh. And Jesus is like, ho, 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 hold up. No, no, these, these kids, come on, come on in. Right. And so I... I kind of have a problem with hearing these kind of things saying that like there's this there's this wall that gets put up. I don't know. We may, maybe it just doesn't fit our program right now. I think that we should all have this active interest in seeing what we can do. Now, granted, let me tell you something coming from a very small church. Uh, we have to outsource programs, you know, but we find programs. It's like, OK, we don't have enough youth. In fact, we have two families that have the most youth and one goes to another a whole different church for a youth group. And the other one goes to a whole different church. And then we have one local place where we meet together um, for, for the need. Right. And, and I know that some churches probably can't accommodate this in certain ways, but there should be some way or some form where they can link these churches together and say, okay, hold up, hold up. If you get a special needs family that comes in, you can bounce them to us. I, I think we got to stop holding up the wall and saying, okay, it's got to be my church you come to and then not offer nothing. Or you right. can say, okay, hold on. Th theologically, theologically, we agree. You know, hey, this church across town, man, I mm, uh, okay, they, they're preaching the word. They are. Let's build a a network mm -hmm. so that we can get families to these churches that can accommodate. And we do understand. I mean, the struggle that they um, these churches go through as far as with um, not having the resources and such. Um, because Lee and I have had this conversation multiple times. So I mean, both of our girls are autistic. If we were to babysit um, one of their classmates who's also autistic. And all the parent was to say is, oh, my son is autistic. That would tell us absolutely nothing about that right. individual right. because every autistic child is different. Their sensory needs could be the complete opposite of what both of our girls are. I mean, our girls are very different with their sensory needs as well. So even if we were to tell and go through to the church, letting them know, like our girls are autistic, that doesn't tell them anything. And this yeah. is, I mean, just one of, I mean, a handful of other invisible uh, diagnosis that they might have to contend with. So, I mean, we understand that they kind of are facing a, diff a difficult challenge. Um, I think for us, we were more so looking primarily for um, patience and just kind of compassion. That's really, right. I mean, Good. what we needed kind of at that time to kind of help us kind of shift into kind of getting our family kind of a, um, a new church, a, uh, a new foundation to start to build on. And then from there, I mean, obviously we would assist with additional resources if they needed any, as far as any type of um, specific training or assistance with our girls in particular. 
Yeah. You know, it makes me think everything that's being said. I, I There's several kind of roots I see all kind of you can't necessarily point at any given church and label what the deal was with the way that they handled it. But there's a few things I see that might be relevant for any mm-hmm. given one. One is a lack of faith. And I know that's like a punch to the gut because I went straight out with that one. <laughs> but when I think about Philippians, so Shay went to Philippians one, but in Philippians four nineteen it says, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now people use that for prosperity. Like, you know, my need is a Ferrari. My need is a Tesla. My need is whatever. <laughs> but He's like practical needs, like your children being able to be accommodated in a place. Mm. You know, this this also when it comes down to a lack of faith, there's a presence of fear oftentimes. And so the fear that we wouldn't do a good enough job, we would mess up a fear. You know, a lot of people sue people these days. We might get sued if we do it wrong. You know, like a lot of assumptions, a lot of uh, trepidation, you know, um, uncertainty, you know, where would we find the funds? Where would we find the person? Um, And and not falling back on, you know, the Lord will provide. This is a family in need. The Lord will provide. We can do something, you know? Um, So I think, I think there's that. And then the other thing that, that sticks out is that at least in America, and maybe a few other countries, you know, the church is treated to a degree like a business. And one of the things businesses do really well, if they are doing well, is to analyze their ROI or their return on investment. And they're like, what's the return on investment? And it's not necessarily unwise for a church to do that if they're incorporating spiritual return on investment, which would redefine what success even looks like. But when they are only doing it based on the budget, then things fall apart real quick. And um, and so I kind of see both of those warring in some of the churches, at least that replied to you this this doubt that they could do it. Maybe like, you know, kind of like a mass self-esteem issue, like we couldn't we couldn't manage. But also, you know, there's too few people. That's a lot of work for just a few. And yet isn't that literally the whole point? Um, do you guys kind of think that, like, do you see another vantage point or like something that maybe you saw more clearly in any of the emails, like something, some root issue that might be going on? It honestly seemed to me kind of like um, a fear of not really knowing what to do yeah, um, and not really having a place or a plan, for example. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I noticed, for example, was that when we were looking at those larger mega church type of churches, they would have the resources, they right. would have special needs rooms and everything. Right. The problem with that is when it comes to autism specifically as a disability, that's an area you don't want to go. You want to go to a smaller, quieter church where there aren't a lot of crowds, there aren't a lot of noise and lights right. and chaos going on. You want the small, quiet church. So that was one of the one of the issues there. But I feel like the church is mostly it was a matter of a little bit of anxiety of like, mm-hmm. what do I do with this? Yeah, yeah. But on a positive note, I yeah. think you kind of hit the, the nail right on the head as far as like God will provide. So, I mean, I'm not sure if Leah had the same uh, feeling as far as that with the church we ultimately found, we felt that it was kind of calling us and we were excited to go to the church. So there was um, a story that they had told us that they, they did have one autistic boy in the church and they had a playground that wasn't fenced in. So they immediately thought, oh, okay, we need to get this playground fenced in because he's probably, uh, I think, a uh, high risk for elopement. Um, so they brought out the contractor, had him kind of survey, get 
to try and get an estimate of what it would cost. And so um, the uh, lady running the church was basically kind of prompting like, oh, okay, like what, what will this ultimately cost? And the contractor turned around. He's like, you know, I'll do it for free because of basically the need that wow. this has to go up. So he fenced in the playground for free for one autistic child. So with Lee and I hearing that story, we're like, okay, this is the church for us. I mean, I don't, I don't really need much more sign other than that, that our girls are going to be taken care of here. If they were willing to do all that for just one child. I mean, I think our girls are well taken care of. Obviously this is this one child. Now there's three. Uh, and so what, what are we, how are y'all working with the church? The blueprint, give me the blueprint yeah. of what y'all are doing so that people can hear this. Cause I think that if other pastors and other people that are in churches or, or people who are in the ministry of caring for kids hear these things, it'll encourage them to move forward. So yeah, I, I want to hear what, like what y'all do. Yeah. So what I've been working on is connecting them with tools and resources that can help them come up with things like an ISP. Um, For those who are in the special needs community, you've probably heard of an IEP, which is an individualized education plan. It's what they use in schools to be able to accommodate your child if they have certain disabilities. And so what I have found is that there's the religious equivalent, the ISP, individualized spiritual plan. Mm -hmm. And it's essentially the same concept, except you're working towards religious goals. So if you want your child to work on memorizing scripture, things like that, and perhaps they have like dyslexia or something like that, they will work a way to basically help your child still achieve and accomplish those goals by putting together this plan on how to get there. Um, Some other things that uh, can be done. Now, those resources to find that, the two big things that I've found is if you look up on the internet, you will look up Sandra Peoples. Um, She is a big advocate with these, and she will talk all about the ISPs, how to do them, all of that stuff. And then I believe also Keypoint Ministries has a bunch of accessibility stuff as well when it comes to trying to make uh, your service accessible to people. Um, So that helps a lot with that individualized care. Some of the things that you can do too is we're thinking and focusing a lot on children right now, but there's actually a lot of individuals who are adults that are sitting in the pews next to you that you may not know has an invisible disability. Um, There are things that you can do. Um, There is this sunflower lanyard that is kind of known internationally as a symbol of like an invisible illness or disability. You could honestly just, you know, a couple bucks, get a couple lanyards, have them in the front office and tell the person person like hey if you have like an invisible disability and you want people to be more considerate about x y and z just wear this everyone in our staff is trained to know what that means and they'll keep like an extra eye on you to make sure you you know all your needs are met and everything you need is good so like little things like that don't really cost a lot it's just really education and empathy and building those relationships and then we've spoken with the the head of the i guess the uh, children's ministry as far as kind of um if they uh, encounter any type of uh, struggle during like transition or any type of meltdown with either our girls or any other autistics um, kind of different um, exercises that they can work on as far as just kind of like breathing exercises to kind of get them to kind of calm down a little bit um, and then trying to kind of focus on shifting activity to kind of a pause or a, a new positive or exciting activity that they can uh, transition to. So if they're on the playground and they want them to come in and color or something and the child doesn't want to color, how to try to frame that. So it is a excitement um, right. to kind of go from the playground to kind of coloring or doing any mm-hmm. type of um, 
arts or crafts or something. So um, we've mentioned that. And then we've also kind of gone to uh, the pastor as well, kind of mentioning like, hey, we're here to serve, like, let us know what we can do. And we've already spoken to the uh, children's ministry, but kind of on a larger scale, Um, because we found that surprisingly, I mean, there's little things, I mean, with Leah with mentioning with the lanyards, there's little things that people often don't can or uh, think about with um, people with disabilities that maybe they have a phobia as far as um, like shaking hands or greeting their neighbor they might ha- have anxiety with that so there's lots of little things that uh, do have a larger impact that most people kind of are completely uh, unaware of unless they're actually mentioned specifically um, based on their different disabilities that they have uh, to kind of clarify for me <laughs> I, I isp right so it's like a one sheet um it it, it, it kind of breaks down the individual child's like needs, how, how that need can be addressed. Uh, what can be done when like, maybe this happens, like, like, like you're talking about, like, you know, Hey, they're, they start to, to act, you know, they start to get stressed up or, or anxiety in one area. You can transition them. Is that like what you're talking about? It's kind of like a one sheet on each child so that that person in that room who's taking care of them can actually help them in a way that is beneficial to their need. It's kind of a combo. So it's that, but it also includes individualized mm. goals that you want that child to accomplish. And then it has a laid out action plan of, okay, how can we accommodate so that we know that this kid is meeting these goals and how will we mm. measure success? So how will we know that we're not just putting, you know, words on paper and we're actually seeing the fruits of the labor here? You know, I think that I definitely want to commend all the churches for being yeah. straight up right. honest, right? Because even if, <laughs> right. even if I mean, it's, it's is... not the best answer, honesty is a good thing, right? And I think think that um, the honesty, like, you know, we, we lack this right now. It can be very quickly followed up. There's like this helpless feel you may feel or discouragement. You just kind of, it's uncomfortable. You might want to just quickly like say, you know, God will send them to another place. But there are things it seems that are just beneficial to invest in as an individual believer. And this is why I say individual, because this season is about the church at large, but each individual is a member of the church and you don't necessarily have to wait for your church to mobilize because honestly, it might just be a case of the leadership there, like in our church, leadership is only a handful of people and most of them also have a full-time job. And so they, they have their hands in several ministries, but they just haven't gotten to whatever ministry you might think is really important, vital, or inevitable in your church, right? Because it doesn't just end with special needs children or special needs adults. It, it can go into a lot of different things. Like I, for example, our church, we were not handicap accessible, wheelchair accessible, right. uh, bad knee accessible, you know? And so we raised our funds and, you know, the Lord was faithful. Now we have a ramp as well as stairs, you know? And I think that for the individual, if you sense a need, if you perceive a need, your first step may not even be to go to the pastor who may already be strapped, but instead start looking into what you can learn about it. If you don't know a lot about it, think about how you can put together, simplify or distill down some resources so that you can relay information. You can prayerfully ask God, who, who should I go to in my congregation that isn't in leadership yet that might care about this because I think one thing I've learned from Shay is that one of the most encouraging things you can see in any organization is a group of people or even an individual who has noticed a hole, a lacking, a problem, and they've started 
figuring out a potential solution for it. And so they don't just bring you a problem. They bring you a problem and a like a proposed solution to it. And they're like, hey, I'm willing to lead the charge on this. And so rather than us wait for the four walls and the people whose names are on the website to be the only ones to do this, what can we do if you're not in leadership at your church? You can do this if you're moved about this topic, you know, key, uh, key point ministries, right? Embracing Autism Podcast. I'm sure that Leah and Matt would be willing to <laughs> answer some questions, I, you I'm know? Gonna put, I'm going to put that in a practical. So I'm sitting in yeah. front of the church the other day. Now, we're, granted, we're a small church, so leadership, it's it's like, okay, why <laughs> did we put in a wheelchair accessible ramp? Because we had to carry wheelchair up the stairs one time. One time, and pastor's like, Hmm, nope. No, we need to revisit <laughs> this because we were always in a school. See, sometimes transition builds these things and we yeah. were in a school. It f- drives right in. You know, they're all it's set up for for everything. And then you like you see this need. So then the other day I'm sitting out in front of the church and I'm starting this. Te- I'm starting a teen ministry. Mm-hmm. Right. And then somebody goes, well, what about the nine, you know, the 12 year olds and under? And I said, so you mean like nine to 12, like nine, to 12 years old? And they're like, yeah. And I said, isn't your kid 12? <laughs> <laughs> like you see what I'm saying? It's like it's like sometimes we have to and and, and on that note, so I'm gonna ask you guys another question on this because I think it's 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 I think that you guys could be a powerhouse in 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 establishing a program still in the churches who said they weren't equipped. Are you are you now reaching back out to them and saying, Okay, look, we I think we should work. I think we should look at this because I think you have something big to offer. We have been trying to see like what we can do. Um, a few ideas have come up. We're thinking about, you know, putting together sensory bags mm. and providing them to the churches. So at least each church has a couple yeah. things like that. We're giving them the ideas and tools and resources on how to do it themselves, essentially. Um, but I, I think that there's still a lot to oh, be yeah. done, essentially. It's just, you know, when you're working in advocacy, there's there's so much right. outside right. of the church, too. It's just and we're in a rural area. So when you're in a rural area, I mean, the needs here are not being right. met just right. across the board. So there's a lot. Um, but we're trying to plug. Which, which is good to can. hear, because I, I, it's important to understand the demographic of where you're at. And understand that this is a need within that area. And, and, and you know, I'm going to sit here and say it. I think God moved the right people into that rural area. Right. <laughs> well, we didn't realize, actually, because um, we got comfortable in uh, Maryland and we're like, oh, OK, we have resources yeah. here or there, wherever we want. Um, now coming down here, we're like, wow, there is nothing here. <laughs> so it's like, OK, I guess trying to set up shop. And so we're trying to um, work with some um other uh, groups that have similar goals that there's some overlap. Yeah. So they focus kind of on um, um, other disabilities, but kind of um, the mm-hmm. umbrella would fall with autism as well. So we're trying to figure out some partnerships as far as trying to spread awareness. And as Leah mentioned, kind of putting together sensory bags um, for kind of the most uh, pressing areas. So um, just not just to mention uh, churches, but also like um, fire um, fighters, uh, police okay. and such, just kind of more of a commu- community outreach. Um, so we kind of hit multiple points at the same time and hopefully kind of get a little bit more resources to the places that need well, them I, the most. That's important. Yeah, I think important. I don't think it always has to start in the church. <laughs> I think yeah, that, like, I think we start in the community because who is the what is the who is the church supposed to serve mm-hmm. the community? Right? Yeah, we're meeting the needs of of yeah. those that are in need. Right? I think that we've mentioned in past episodes and and recently in Bible study mm. about 
you know, meeting the needs of the widows and the orphans right. is perfect religion in God's eyes. But then in other verses, it expands on that to meeting the, the, the immediate needs of those around you. Like when in doubt about what to do to please God and what to do to be growing in your Christian life, go meet some immediate needs people have. Like that's like a surefire way. Um, and I think that that's what you're doing. And, and this is another great lesson. And it's an encouraging lesson because um, we don't want this season to just be like, y'all are doing it wrong. Because obviously there's churches doing it right. And so what we want to do this season mm, is right. shine big lights and big neon signs. Like, look at them, be inspired by them. And, right. and one of the things last season with Pastor Bailey in the second to last episode, like, he and some other pastors up in Marlboro, Massachusetts, they're all within like a one mile radius of each other, but they're different denominations. The pastors all got together with them and their families and just fellowship to focus on what they have in common and everything. And then when someone comes to their congregation and maybe it's not like they're, they're still kind of seeking, uh, you know, the right fit of a church, they know other churches granted different denominations, but that share the correct gospel and say, you know, there's, you know, we have a strong relationship with these churches, even though we may disagree on some, you know, fringe things or how yeah. how we do communion or, or what have you. And I think that that's something what you're doing with the police stations, firefighters, you know, local local groups trying to establish community and build a community that can meet these needs. Churches can be inspired to do that, mm. too. Like if you don't have a service, for example, we can't No one church can have a ministry and everything, but maybe a homeless person or two has come to your church and both times you're like, I don't really have anything for you other, you know, extra outside of service resources. But maybe if you reach out and start focusing on getting to know other Christians in the community, you might know of right. another church equipped to right. help homelessness or equipped to help addiction. And in, in y'all's case, like other churches getting to know that your church right. has already brought in three people and has people that just come to church that that have a wealth of knowledge in this area so that it becomes a community where, you know, we aren't the best fit right now. We're working on it. But if you're, you're welcome to stay here and, and help us build it. But there's also a church, you know, that's a little more established in this area to go to. And so I think that that overall is really encouraging what yeah. you guys are, are doing yeah. down there. And God kind of made you into missionaries with a very specific purpose when when you guys moved. And I would say, honestly, when it comes to accommodating these needs, the most important things are free. And those are right. compassion, patience, understanding, like just, just have those three things and you're already well on your way to right. making your church special needs friendly. And we did realize after the fact, there are a lot of churches that do have these programs, but they don't advertise them. So like mm -hmm. shine that beacon so that all these families can find you if you feel They're like you do well. have those. Mm -hmm. um, I know that one mom, Kalia, okay, not special needs, but Kalia was like, ballistic did not want to go to Sunday school. Like, no, it is the worst case ever. Well, this lady who's had seven kids, she goes, <laughs> Miss Monica, hi. Shout and three out. of her children and, and three have of special her needs. Yeah, three of her children yeah, op have optical needs. And she just said, you know what? I'll take her in there and I'll work with her. Mm -hmm. And took her on as a project. That's what we're talking about, right? That's what we're talking yeah. about. It's just that loving mm -hmm. the children, loving the body of Christ, you know, loving Jesus enough to sit there and say, okay, look, you know, I'm going to put myself aside. Mm -hmm. I'm going to serve my savior. And so I love hearing all this. I, I really do. I think it's exciting. I don't think that we're beating anyone up except for maybe the church. 
that says it's a sin, something you did in sin. I'm like, okay, that's ridiculous. There's literally a whole that's, story that's, sorry, in the Bible broken, that says that that's look, not broken. what it is. <laughs> now, now, look, now if you if you take everything, yeah. everything evil and everything bad back to the garden and the initial sin, I, okay, I'll sit there and be like, right. I mean, right, like you know, everything fine, imperfect is fine, sin, but but it, oh, good lord, <laughs> y'all are broken. I'm sorry, this is a season of breaks and bills. Y'all are broken. Hello, if you hear me, yeah. seriously, let's 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 rethink this and, and start working with these families. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I think, I think I just want to chime in real quick. I'm also not sure if it's also a little bit of fear of the unknown. So if you haven't come into contact with anyone who's autistic and they're having a meltdown, you yourself might feel uncomfortable. Okay. What do I do? I don't want to make this worse. I don't, I don't know what exactly to do. And I think that, I mean, that is something that, I mean, where compassion and patience kind of come around. I mean, Lee and I never get, I mean, everything a hundred percent correct. I mean, our girls, sometimes they get upset and we can't, I mean, keep them happy all the time. I mean, I gave both our girls um, some popcorn this evening and um, one of them had a different bowl and she was not happy with that one. Um, But I think it's, you have to get past kind of the fear of the unknown about how to work with someone with disabilities. And I think, once you kind of take that step and kind of not perceive them as kind of like other, oh, I don't know how to work with you or deal with you. And you kind of are like, okay, I'm here, open arms, like let's figure this out together. I think that that's kind of a huge uh, changing moment just in yeah. general. Yeah. Kind of being willing, you know, I think that willingness and just being kind of open and accommodating to God kind of shaking your life up a little, like that's kind of the thing it's a Christian goal to be okay Mm. with him shaking your life up and letting some breaking some things to build you more for his usefulness and his glory. Like for example, some of the, that mom that helped us out is one of our closest friends in the church now, but you know, she started, she was missing sermons, right? Mm. Her little routine. It's not little, like I don't want to sound patronizing, (laughs) but you know, her routine was broken up in favor of servitude of one child and that meant she needed to go back later find more time in her day to listen and catch up on that sermon she missed or else not get a sermon that week but yet in some way I can't pinpoint all the ways but it built her it built me because I had been praying and literally the next day I found out she had felt impressed in her heart to to reach out to our family and and meet this need and that story, what she did, has convicted other people to realize missing the Sunday sermon because you just don't feel like it is different than missing the Sunday sermon to go serve and meet someone's need. Um, God, you know, the, it's the heart issue behind that. And so I think mm. that these kind of situations, like preparing yourself for that, being expecting that new types of servitude can break you in new ways, but it will build you up stronger. Um, and, and the stories and ripple effects of that are so encouraging. So but before we, we close this out, um, I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to share how people can, can connect with you, reach out to you. All that will be in the show notes as well. Yeah, so as you mentioned, we're the hosts of the Embracing Autism podcast. Um, That's a podcast specifically for parents who have found out that their kids are autistic, and we kind of hold your hand through that journey and give you the guidance that you need, the resources that you need. Um, You can also find our charity initiative, Autism Wish, on our website, which is autismwish.org. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Autism Wish. 
Um, and you can find information and a plethora of resources there. Again, if your child's autistic, great yes. place to go. I love that. Well, isn't it nice having wives that can rattle off all that stuff? <laughs> I was going to say, hopefully Leah remembers it all. I mean, I've got the podcast. I don't, I don't even. So, <laughs> I tried it uh, one time and she was like, what are you oh, doing? <laughs> but no, hey, look, seriously, y'all, all of our listeners and, and the people that might hear this run across this or or see this. Look, maybe we're maybe we are ill-equipped. Maybe we, we feel like that. Maybe we feel like, oh, man, I don't know even how to handle this, where to start with this or whatever it is. We got to remember one thing. We have God. Um, and, and he says there is no fear when, when we're there. And he says that he will give us everything that we need um, in, in, in his circumstance. And I know that he wants to take care of ch- children. That is why I'm saying it so boldly. He will give us what we need. He will give us the capacity to be in these situations. And man, I just want to say thank you to you guys for coming on and, and sharing with us because it's awesome. Plus, you know, it's cool to see you guys. It's been a long I time. Know. I need to, we need to come down or something. <laughs> yes. But uh, I, I, I think that this is has definitely uh, made me think of things, right? You know, being in leadership and things that maybe we need to look at and things that we need to maybe adjust or or even like maybe shine a light on. I like I like what you said. I, I really do. Like they have these things, but they don't shine the light on it. Imagine if they would just add one. She designs. It's like all you have to do. Me and both work in websites. It's like I'm gonna make this sound so simple, brother. Like this is us. Poop, and then there's a little page there that says. I mean, depending on the website, it is that simple. And so we can, and you can throw. Well, you designed our logo, so I mean, you're already connected with us. So yeah, but but pastors and 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 children's ministry leaders and parents. Yes. Look, shine a light on this. Be active. Don't get discouraged. It, you know, as long as you don't hear the, I'm going to say it again. As long as you don't hear the past, the person say it's, you know, but from the website, well, this comes from your own sin. Okay. You can walk away from that one, but from the other ones, look, go in there at Tay. Hey, let's work on this. Let's do something with this. Sometimes staff is overwhelmed. Sometimes pastoral leadership is overwhelmed. Maybe it's time for some of the parents to come up in, in their, in their churches and mm-hmm. say, okay, let's do something here. Yes. Let's do something amazing. Yes. Yes. Y'all, this has been awesome. Um, If you guys out there are really inspired, hit us up, hit Lee and Matt up. All of us are willing to help connect you with the resources or, you know, pray with you, meet all those needs. If you guys have been inspired with this episode, make sure to share it with somebody that you think would be encouraged and inspired Mm, to make something happen in their local church because of this episode. And then also we are on Patreon. So make sure to go to patreon.com slash the pantry podcast to help us fund our ministry, as well as the need that we help meet out in Kisumu, Kenya with their food pantry. So until next time. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the show. Subscribe wherever you podcast and catch other great shows on the Edify app, Spark Radio, Spark Network on Uplifted, and Eternity Ready Radio.